with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. Hi, this is Detlef Schlich, and we're diving into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind together with Joe... Hello. Hi, Joe. Joe. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you here. It's lovely because, I mean, we really, we met in Skibarine and um, we made a long way from Skibarine over here. We had as well two kilometer with all our our uh, our gear. Yeah. We had to walk, which mm -hmm. was quite right. Exhausting. It was a hike. It was yeah. a good hike, yeah. Good workout. Yeah. And... Um, It's great, as Joe is a um, very talented comic drawer and a storyteller and a stand-up comedian, musician as well. I mean, I think um, I don't well, still... I don't really play any instruments, but I, I, I like to mess around with music. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, still, I still think that I still don't know all your, your, your talents. I mean, he told me a little bit today about that, but yeah. So that's why we're here as well, and... Uh, Hi, and great Hi. to have you here in Artitude. Thank yeah. Thank you, bud. Yeah. Joe, um, today in the first part, I would say so because I want to, to keep it, first of all, I want to keep it intimate and I put the candles on mm -hmm. because we are my place. and uh, Very and gothic the, considering the rain outside. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite nice. And, uh, yeah. So the candles are on, and um, I would like to to know a little bit because actually I know nothing about your time in um, Joe is American, and um, yep. when you came over from America to to Europe, and as well how how long you've been in America as well. And that I think this is interesting as well. So, well, I'm from Michigan. Yeah, I live most well. I live probably half my life in Michigan. Moved to Ireland first when I was 17. Yeah. And um, went back to America when I was 27, right in time for George W. Bush's election. So uh, I was I came back right before 9-11. Yeah. And um, I stayed for about seven years, and then I came back to Ireland. And I've been very glad that I have come yeah. back to Ireland because, I mean, okay. Okay. I love it. I love Ireland. Yeah. It's great. It's, it, is, it is great. I mean... And I think as well, it's great that Ireland is a part of Europe. I mean, I don't know if if you if you've been uh, all over the place in Europe already. Do you I've know? been some places, yeah. I've been yeah. to France, Romania, England. Yeah, yeah. So you you Wales. know, yeah. So you know a little bit about Europe. Yeah, yeah. And um, that means you you used to live in Michigan. Yeah, Dearborn, 
just outside Detroit, about, I don't know, about five or ten miles. And um, I think Detroit's got a bad rap. I, I love the city. I love in, the town. In, I'm industrial, from. no? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was made its money on, uh, you know. How far was it from Detroit? Motor from? industry. Yeah. How far was it from Detroit? Well, I'd say about 10 miles. 10 miles. That's not yeah. too much, isn't it? Mm. So so you if so yet you you used to work in Detroit. Yeah. I worked there when I when I lived there. In yeah. you so you used to live in the city well, as well? Oh no, no. No. I I used to live in different parts outside of Detroit. I used to like to go to Detroit, but the place I'm from is actually a place called Dearborn. Okay. And um, what village? I guess it's famous for being the the town that Henry Ford lived in for most of his life when he was when he had Ford Motor Company in Detroit. Okay. And um it's a very growing up was a very idyllic it was a very idyllic place to live in. Very you know, there was no crime. Population? You know, everybody population oh shit. I don't know. That, I don't know. So like Bali the Hop like Skibberine no, or no, no, bigger than that. Ten thousand? Yeah, probably. Or around that. Yeah, mm. no, so I just I just tried to so so you're more I'm uh, sure uh, more than that, I don't know. Jesus. So you're more a country boy than than, than 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 a city city. Well boy. at this point. I mean I wasn't growing up, but I've definitely become more of a country boy. Yeah, no I ask because I used to live forty years in Cologne. Cologne has a population of one million people. I mean it's a nice place though, but it's still a city. Mm -hmm. And like cities are, they they often quite um superficial oh, yeah. i mean which is some some are good because Just because of the speed of cities yeah some are good because you can keep your 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 Im uh, uh, immunity so so you're you're uh, nobody knows you and and uh, you can stay away from from mischief no not for mischief but from from, from rumors. i never i never stay away from mischief <laughs> <laughs> that's why i can't imagine my, my career has gone nowhere yeah <laughs> so so i mean as you were in Detroit, did you did you start already with your art in Detroit as well? Oh, geez, you know, in the time I was a kid, I I loved cartoons, I loved comic books, I loved the Muppets, I loved anything that was wacky, out there, creative, you know. And I just I've never grown up really. That's why I've never made a success <laughs> in my life. No, I don't know. You know, because I've never lost interest in any of those things. But I've never actually been able to monetize it, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, we had a chat about how diffi difficult it is to monetize, uh, or to make make money as an artist if if you're yeah. creative, and in a lot of directions you're, you're getting off distracted with with your art and with your creativity. Well, you know what? I think part of the problem is that what what's seen as the most important thing in society is not creativity. You know, that's definitely not what's pushed in education or. Anywhere, you know, they never talk about creativity. They talk about sports. They talk about politics. Yeah. They talk about religion. Yeah. But they never talk about, like, you know, well, guess what this guy just came up with? It's the most incredible piece of art you'll ever see. But no, no, no. Let's yeah. talk about something I, else. I, it's yeah. COVID, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's people are not... The bread and circus, so so it's more about the football game than than yeah. than, than about aesthetic, you know. Mm -hmm. So but that's I mean, I don't have a problem with sports, but I just think you know, give a give a bit of time to the arts too, you know. I mean, they deserve a look in. I mean, look, yeah. if you look at it from this way, when you're a kid, yeah. you're naturally creative, but yeah. it kind of gets yeah. beaten out of you. 
Yeah, some, somehow, and, uh, unfortunately, you know. But that's the reason why we're gonna do the podcast, and 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 uh, I'm so happy to have have my creative people over here as well, which, yeah. which is great. That's quite cool. So so yeah, so so you didn't you didn't come up with an idea doing stand up comedy in Detroit or no. or music or no. writing or no. What I was into then was drawing, drawing cartoons. You d you, you did drawing already th over there. I did it all the my whole life and i mean it started as a kid so i developed a very early interest in comic books and cartoons and black and white obsessed with this stuff black and white well all of them coloring as well didn't have to be black and white yeah no sure no it was just I mean, the cartoons themselves if i liked the look of a certain comic or cartoon i just would latch onto it like yeah you know, like say i don't know if you ever had this in germany but there was a magazine that was kind of like a a kind of copy of mad magazine called crazy magazine mm, i don't know no. that was a big influence i mean like real satirical stuff parodies of tv shows and movies and songs uh, uh, yeah i mean we had to the, th stuff, the thing yeah. was the germans were very bad if it came to 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 satire like this really? i mean the germans they copied a lot from the americans i must say though mm. english uh, i mean flying circus and uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. and mad from from uh, from america they uh -huh. copied it so the humor german humor was quite strange i i yeah. I, I, I never got it really you know really? So, yeah it was it took a long they they start to copy the, the the sitcoms they were trying to copy sitcoms american sitcoms really making it funny and it yeah. didn't work because <laughs> the, the germans didn't have any timing for that you know yeah and i must say i'd like to see some of those ah no no problem. i bet they're really better, better, better not it's a torture it's <laughs> i mean they're now the better since the last 10 years they, they they developed but in the 80s i mean we 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 had in the 80s we we were not like america we didn't have pri uh, uh, private television you know mm-hmm it was all we had more at uh, public yeah yeah which was which was government funded it was quite good because you, you um I actually i didn't like it as it turned turn out that we all, all almost got 20 30 programs instead of just three because you're getting completely distracted you know so, mm -hmm. so it was that was that was that's yeah that's the way so so yeah back back to to america so you you used to live in in the countryside of Detroit, and, and no, I wouldn't call it the countryside. No, it was like a city. Ten thousand, okay, yeah. The and countryside was probably another hundred miles away. And, and but Detroit was was completely different, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. quite violent, wasn't it? Well, I never saw any of that. You know, I I didn't hang around and wait for all right anything to happen. I, I just go down there as I got older when I, when I lived there and have a beer and have a few beers and yeah go to some festival or something you know so you I didn't you, hang out there really you, so you didn't go to the to the no-go scenes well, i did but i didn't hang around it was more <laughs> like a they call it a ghetto tourist not to be politically incorrect i don't mean anything offensive by that but it's just you know i used to want to go and see what like what's going on down here why is everybody so scared and then you go and see it and you go okay that's why they're scared yeah <laughs> so some of the I've, i was just driving by one day yeah. After going to, I don't know, probably just to get something to eat downtown, yeah. you know. Yeah. But coming back, I saw somebody rob the McDonald's, and then as I drove, I, he kept up with me, jumping fences to yeah. run away from after robbing McDonald's with a gun. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> just one thing I saw. That 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 was that your first. You was that your first eureka moment to say, "No, I have no. to leave America"? Or what? No, no, no. That didn't get me to leave America. No, the, no, it wasn't that. No, no. no. Wow. 
Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. I've been coming to Ireland since I was a kid, and I kind of got stuck in America at a certain point. I went over there to get into stand-up comedy, and it didn't work work out, and then I just got stuck in Boston, where I'm not from, Yeah, I didn't like living there, so coming back here has been like, a dream come true because it's like ah, I escaped from Boston. Escape from Boston. It's like a movie with Kurt Russell. <laughs> Escape from Boston. We we should think about the writing a script. Yeah, that, that's maybe maybe a musical as well. You know. So sure. Why not? I'm the kid from Skip from Boston. <laughs> yeah. That, that that sounds that sounds good. So so it was for you a paradise somehow coming over from America here to Europe. Yeah. Well, did to you, Ireland especially. To, to, to Ireland. Did did you did you feel anything? Um, I mean, who was president at the time at at you left? Well, I left right when Obama got elected. So yeah. I was there the whole time Bush was president, which is something I used to say on stage. It was like, you know, that's my luck. Yeah. I get, I'm, I'm in America for eight years with Bush, and then as soon as I leave, they get Obama, yeah. which you know a lot of people think he was great. Yeah. I'm not saying whether he was or not. I'm just yeah. saying it. It's my luck. Bush was a disaster. Then, you know, you get what a lot of people thought was great with Obama, and I'm gone. But I was glad to be gone, so it didn't matter to me. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Do, do you think your 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 the freedom of speech here is is is, is bigger than 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 in in America? I don't think people exercise it as much here. I think you could probably say more, yeah, but I don't think people do. I think people say more in America. You know. What I've heard from from stand up comedians over here in in, in um, West Cork is they stopped to do stand up comedian because yeah. because because pubs say no politics and and uh, don't blame the church you know well you know what in 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 America it's more than that and probably in a lot of other places it's become this people get so offended by so many different things now they they don't know how to take a joke anymore. You know what I mean? It, to me, it's kind of pathetic. It's like Jesus. A, a joke is still a joke. Yeah, whether sure. you have you know sure. your, your personal feelings about whatever it is they're joking about, it's still a joke. I mean, and, and it creates as well anxiety if if yeah. you if you all in a sudden uh, can't make jokes yeah. anymore. You know, so, mm. so, so and you know what? You know, telling jokes about things that people find uncomfortable is a way to relieve people's anxiety about those things. Sure, it serves a function that, you know. I don't think it's really taken into consideration the, the function that comedy can serve. I think as well, so a PC in in, yeah. in, in in comedy is is is, is a killer for yeah, comedy. Totally, you know? then, yeah. You I mean, because the weakest comedians to me are the ones that don't ever talk about anything challenging. They never make you question anything, but they'll talk about the subway and oh, what what a pain in the ass it is God, to be stuck yeah. on people on the subway. Yeah, that's freaking hilarious. You know, we've all been there, okay? Or they talk about the gym. Oh, you know what? Isn't it terrible when you go to the gym and you sweat so much that it, you know, your right guard doesn't stop the sweat? It's like, who gives a shit? I, this is not comedy to me. No. You're talking some yuppie friends kind of shit that just doesn't. <laughs> doesn't it's not funny to me. Uh, no, I mean, whatever I'm, you're into, to I'm, me, it's just not. I know where you're coming from. I mean, the only thing is, and I think why people are laughing about that is because they don't have to be. Um, 
be be uh, they don't have to worry that 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 they they laugh about something on PC like yeah. you know so this is it sure sucks I mean I don't want I want to be able to laugh at anything you know what I do yeah I mean I want any you know I laugh at myself too I don't think I'm some kind of like high and mighty son of a bitch you know it's like there's plenty to make fun of about me, and there's plenty to make fun of about everybody. I I had in the last talk with with Ray McKinley. Hi Ray, uh, we had a chat about censorship in in, mm-hmm. in storytelling. You know, and yeah. and I mean, if it comes to censorship, democracy is gone. You know, that's always the same problem, isn't it? Well, I mean, like what we were saying to that girl we were talking to earlier today. It's like the whole idea of questioning things has become taboo. If you want to get into a little bit of controversy. I think you should be able to question anything and not be considered a nutbag or anything else, you know? Yeah. It's your right to, to question things. And that's my belief. And no, I'm not a true. conspiracy nut. True. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat no, or anything no. else, you know? I think for no. myself, and I think that's what people should do. Speech over. Sorry. No, no, that's I'm fair enough. That's, that. that's, that's great. I really, I really like, appreciate that, you know? So, so, so how, how was it, how was it in, 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 Around Detroit for you and your friends over there, so, um, as a as a people as, as a person who who who's questioning uh, more than other people, was it was it? Could you could you really talk with them, or did they try to avoid to talk with you about about well, subjects you see, like that? When I left America, I was the last time I actually lived there before I moved there in 2000. I was only 22. Yeah, so. I, you know, I was more into having a good time back then. But I mean, when I did talk to people about things, I think they thought, I don't know, I don't, I don't think people really like to talk about those things in personal terms in America. You know. So you couldn't start really a discourse with them. They, they, they were not with a whole lot of people. But yeah. it didn't matter because I was having a good time. But yeah, I think yeah. it's easier here to talk about those things. Mm, no, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but not I think that I have anything against talking to American people about not anything. at all. You know, and I'm really about anything, but I, I don't want to get into an argument just because we disagree about politics or some horse shit. Yeah, you know. And I feel I feel really, really really pity uh, uh, pity about uh, a lot of uh, um, critical American people with a president like, like this. You know, I mean that's that's really so they 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 probably suffer as well quite a lot. What do you mean? From anxiety, you know. The people that like him or the people that don't like don't him? Don't like him. You know. Well, I think everybody's suffering from anxiety <laughs> because of all oh, of yeah. it. Sure. I think he's just part of the problem. And, you know, personally, if you want to get my personal opinion. Yeah, sure, I've sure. I've actually thought about this quite a lot. And yeah. like I said, I'm not a Republican or Democrat, but yeah, I think me Trump has been put in there. So forever and ever after, people, whoever goes up for election, say, or whoever wins the presidency, they'll be able to say, well, at least he's not Trump. Yeah. They've kind of made him as the... Uh, the ultimate bad guy cartoon figure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't hate him and I don't like him. No, but no, no. But I think I'll he's a puppet just like all of them sure. are puppets. I mean, I'm polit- politic but in general. But he's the most obvious puppet to my mind. <laughs> At least. he's caused so much chaos, man. Which it's like, he, there must be a reason why they put this guy in here. Yeah. I think. So, so actually, actually, we, we can be happy to have Trump because he's quite predictable somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the other thing is they never shut up about him for four years. It's like, I got sick of listening to it. 
every day something else about Trump. And now, ever since then, since what, March, it's been every day's COVID. It's like so. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah, no, it so went from the Trump show yeah. to the COVID yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like, you know what? Both these shows suck. Yeah. Can we put on a yeah. different fucking show? Please? Yeah. On, on, sorry. On, on. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I'm here to promote a kid's book and I'm swearing and talking politics. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, oh well. My God. Yeah. I what are going to do? I would say so. Thank this you. is real life. Kids. That is, yeah. Joey, thank mm. you very much for having you here. Um, thank you for having me. I'm I'm quite happy, sir, um, to learn a little bit about your life in in America. And I mean, we leave it for today because the attention span of our, our dear listeners is just 18 minutes, and we are already over that. Oh um, my God! You stop <laughs> listening to me, you bastards! <laughs> How could you? After I poured my heart and soul out to you, ungrateful bastards! <laughs> All right, see you in the second part. Bye. This is a listener-supported show. If you like what you hear, be sure to tune in Friday for the second part of this weekly audio trip. I feel honored if you subscribe to this show. You can follow me non-financial with the following click on one of my Instagram accounts or subscribe the visual version of this podcast on YouTube via the link. If you want to leave a donation for a coffee or a bus ticket, just follow the donation link via the Attitude podcast. Eventually, I would like to thank, through this medium, all my members and listeners of the I Love West Cork Artists Network from all over the world. Just to remember myself that without you, this year couldn't and wouldn't happen. You have listened to Artitude. West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. RT2, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.